0: Hey everyone, this is George crow with the Innovators Mindset Podcast. Thank you for taking your time to actually join me today and listen to this podcast. And what I'm going to talk about today are these four non-negotiables for schools. And the reason I talk about this is we often hear in education all these things that schools need to be aspiring to, all these new things that we should be trying, new ideas, new things that we should do, but we also have to recognize some of the things that we have held forever as really important in education need to stay still. They need to actually be the same as they were 20, 30, 50 years ago. The context of those ideas does need to change. We live in a different time, we live in a different space. So what are some of these non-negotiables that we should always have in schools no matter what time frame? And this, I'm hoping these ideas will actually be relevant 100, 200 years from now But as I said, the context will always change. So I'll discuss each one, give some ideas, and then I'll give you a little challenge at the end. And so the first one is schools are a welcoming and warm environment. This was important when I was a student. This is important when I was a teacher. This is important when I was a principal. And it's important 100 years from now. And so what do I mean when we say that schools are a welcoming and warm environment? When you walk into a school, there's often a lot of things that we can actually tell about the environment of the school with the interactions with the the front office staff, the signs on the walls, what you see actually hanging on the walls, the conversations in the hallways, and how does that actually look. And a gentleman by the name of Dr. Martin Brokenleg He shared something with me that I thought was really powerful, and I'm sure if you're listening to this and you're in education or you have kids in schools, you've seen a sign. uh, For the safety of our students, please check in at the office upon arrival. So the first thing that you're actually insinuating before kids even walk into your building is kids are not even safe. And... What he suggested through this idea, and I thought it was really powerful, and let's be honest, a lot of parents that we want checking in at the office when they walk into schools don't anyway. They ignore the sign, but it also sends us kind of a message, you know, something that's negative. So what Dr. Martin Brokenleg shared, and I thought was really powerful, he said, could you not simply actually put into the sign, upon arrival, we love to welcome all visitors. Please come say hi at the office. So actually, you're getting the same action out of the sign, but the, the messaging is so much different, and it's actually so much more welcoming and kind through that process. And is that what we actually see in the hallways? And a story I often share about this idea of creating a welcoming and warm environment is when I first became a principal... One of the things that I noticed when I walked into the building the first time was there was my office on the right, and it was a glass door. It was the first uh, opening, the first door you actually see when you walked into the school. And to the left of the doorway was actually the gymnasium, and there was a picture of every single principal who had ever served in that school ever. And I'll tell you, watching kids walk into schools. Uh, Over and over again, I never saw a kid look up at those principal pictures and actually say, oh, that was the principal in 1972? Amazing. Nobody actually cares. And what I find really fascinating is that we talk about kids being narcissistic because they're posting selfies on Instagram where we actually saw portraits of people being posted on walls. And so what message does that actually send to our kids? When you walk into the school, this says that we are more about the adults than we are the kids. So I actually had a conversation with my secretary and she asked me, when are you getting your portrait on the wall? Cause I was the principal. And I said, well, actually I'm, I'm not gonna go up in that wall. And she said, you have to, you're the principal. I'm like, well, no, I actually don't. It's, it's not conducive to the work that we're doing. So I actually shared with my staff that I felt really uncomfortable with those, those pictures of the principles, that it sent the wrong message and it wasn't what we were about. And I remember specifically, some of my staff actually challenged me on, on the idea, you know, like that we're not honoring tradition. And one of my favorite quotes that I've ever read, and it is not mine, so please do not give me credit for it, is, tradition is peer pressure from dead people, which I, I find fascinating. And the the quotes, I'm not saying all traditions are bad, but traditions that we do just because they're traditions are not actually effective. That we have to look at everything, whether we have been doing it for the last 100 years. You know, or it's even a new thing. Like, is this actually helpful to kids? So eventually we actually removed the pictures of the principals and we replaced them with something that's obvious, pictures of kids that were in the building. And so actually when you walked in the school, the first thing you would actually see now was pictures of current students that were in the building right now. And it totally changed the dynamic of the school, how it looked when you walked in, that, that feeling that you have when you actually came in. So when you actually walk around your schools... Is it more representative of the students who are in your buildings right now? Or is it more representative of the adults? Or is it more representative of the tradition? And what does a person feel? I will, as a student, do I feel more ownership of the school when I know I'm represented in, in the spaces that when people see this? And I think that's a really important thing for me to think about. The next one, number two, is they develop students as good people and learners. Again, this is obvious, this is the goal of my teachers when we were students, and this will be the goal 100 years from now. But I think really what we have to understand is the context of our world is changing. And I'll give you an example. So for many of you listening to this podcast right now, I want you to really think, um, were you ever drunk underage? I know it's a weird question, but think about it for a second. Probably the majority of people, including myself, were drunk underage at some point, but the follow-up question is this, did any of you post a picture on social media of you being drunk underage? And probably you didn't because it wasn't necessarily because you were forward thinking and thought about the consequences of this, but in reality is because those things didn't exist when I, was in, when I was in high school and college. And the thing with our kids right now Is they're actually held to a standard that we can't actually, we never lived up to as kids. That many of the things that they're doing, they're posting publicly and they're not understanding the consequences from this. And so when I actually talk to students about, you know, kind of the world that we all live in right now, we shouldn't say the world they live in because we actually all live in the same world, is that many of our students, as I said, are held to a different standard. And they'll say to me, Mr. Crows, this is not fair. Like you could get away with anything as a kid. And it's hard for me to get away with anything. And this is the thing that I say to our kids over and over again. It's not fair. You're absolutely right. It's not fair. But you also have way more opportunity than I ever did. Are you going to focus on the negative or are you going to focus on the opportunity in front of you? And so when we think about this idea of developing students as good people and learners, it's understanding. They have way more opportunity to make an impact on the world. If I'm really adamant or passionate about a cause in the world, when I was in, you know, elementary school or high school there's not much i could have done about it you know within other outside my you know local community but then you see students like marie copany out of flint michigan actually having a huge impact on the world because um of what she uh, her family and you know other families in flint michigan have dealt with the water crisis and so she's made this huge impact she just has a worldwide presence And I know she's very passionate about this, but I also think she's taken advantage of an opportunity that we actually didn't have as kids. And so do we actually aspire kids to take advantage of these ways they could share their voice in a way that we never could? The number three idea is that they model the learning they expect from their students, and this is obvious, and if I was to ask you this question face to face, have you learned something new in the last three months? Everyone listening to this podcast, in fact, I hope just listening to this podcast, you've actually learned something new. Everyone would agree that they have. But the follow-up question is really important. If I were to ask the students you serve or your colleagues, what is the person listening to this podcast listen, learn new in the last three months? Could they tell me or do they have no clue? Do we say that we're learners but we actually do not have the people we serve seeing that? And the reason why this is actually really, really important to me is the idea that we're asking students, we're asking our colleagues to take risks in the learning, to try new things, to push their boundaries, But do they see us doing that? Do they see us taking those risks? And I often talk about not just risk-taking, but openly modeling risk-taking. Because now that I know that other people are struggling with some of the things that I'm struggling with, I, I feel more comfort level in that space. I feel that they understand that process. And if we're being really honest... A lot of teachers think, or a lot of students think about their teachers that they just know everything, that they understand, um, everything and it just happened to them, but they don't necessarily see that process. So I think as educators, it is extremely crucial to, to model when we struggle. So for example, you go to a conference and there's an idea there that pushes your thinking. Do you share that with your students? And do you share, you know, hey, I learned this. And here's some of the ideas that I took away from this conference. And here's some of the things I'm going to try moving forward because of it. It's a really simple thing to do, but it would be so effective and, and really help your students see that you're still a learner, not only a teacher. And I think that is, to me, is really important. And the last one I'll talk about is a stoke curiosity, not extinguish it. Do we encourage our kids to challenge us, to pose questions, to really think about, you know, what is going on in the world? Or do we actually have our students just accept that whatever the teacher says is, you know, the bottom line, is fact? And I think that when we create this space where we have people that we challenge each other, that we push each other. And I'm not just talking about students with teachers. I'm talking teachers with administrators. I'm talking educators with each other. It actually is about finding the best solutions. It's about finding you know, um, new ideas that we can really to, you know, spark innovation, to spark new learning. So do we create this environment in our school where students are actually leading with questions, or are they focused on providing the answers that they they think the teacher expects from them? And so when we actually have this space, it actually is really crucial to the work that we do. And like I said, this is the same as it was 20 years ago. There is an educator, and I apologize because I cannot remember a name for the life of me. She said one of the things that really changed her practice and really changed the learning and actually improved it significantly was that she actually shared with her students that they were going to focus more, not on the answers of the things that they're learning, but what questions they would actually have. And the reason she focused on the questions is because it still covered the content, but it actually developed a curiosity in their students um, that, in a way that was so powerful and, and actually led them to learning beyond school And another teacher, and again, I apologize because I cannot remember her name. And I know this has been said by several teachers. She said one of the things that she she shifted in her classroom was not saying, does anyone have any questions after sharing content? She would now finish by saying, what questions do you have? Saying that it's actually important to develop questions from the stuff that she was sharing. And so that idea of curiosity is so crucial to the work that we do. And do we actually develop this in our students or do we just want them to provide answers to the questions that we're asking? So those four non-negotiables, one, they're a welcoming and warm environment. Two, they develop students as good people and learners. Three, they model the learning they expect from their students. And four, they stoke curiosity, not extinguish it what does that look like in our world today? What does that look like in our schools and our classrooms? And I think they're really universal ideas. They're things that we can all think of. And so the challenge I'm going to give to you this week is really about number one, because I think number one is the most important because it's really hard to do two, three, and four if we do not create those environments where people feel safe and comfortable in enough that we can actually push them to become better. So what I'm going to challenge you with is I want you to go into your classrooms and your schools, whether you've been there for one week or 20 years. And I want you to look around with what I call fresh eyes. Pretend it is your first day in that classroom. It is in that space. And look at what is on the walls, what does it represent, and what does it actually tell you? And I'll give you an example. We talk about the importance of collaboration, but then you walk into a school and it's you see, the first thing you see is individual awards. And there's a contradiction of what we're saying we hope for and what we're actually um, identifying as important in those spaces. So if you go into your classroom in your school and look at it fresh eyes, what does it tell you? What, what do you think a student would actually see in that space? What do you think a, a new parent, uh, myself, actually going into that space, uh, what, would, what would it tell me about your school and, and what is really important and what do we focus on? So that's my challenge for you this week. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you again for taking your time to listen to this. I know your time is extremely valuable. I hope you got something out of it. I'd love to hear from you. Connect with me on Instagram or Twitter, GKRose. Share some of your thoughts. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for all you do. Bye-bye. So Self-